You're listening to the Whitewater Church Podcast. We just want to say thanks so much for tuning in. And if you enjoy what you hear today, please subscribe, share, and review the podcast. If you want to support what Whitewater is doing, you can go to whitewaterchurch.org slash give. Let's dive into this week's message together. In recent years, there seems to be an awakening in the North American church. Many Christians are awakening to realities that they hadn't been as aware of. They're seeing disheartening realities more clearly than ever before, not only in the world, but also in the church and church leadership. So how should we respond to these tensions and corrosions? Can we trust churches and Christian leadership with some of the fractures of trust that have happened? How are we to have a coherent faith in all of this? Can we have a coherent faith as a Christian in all of this? This is a series for those of us who have been on a journey of maybe deconstructing life and faith and maybe going through a bit of reordering and reconstructing our life and our faith in these times. This series is for those who have been on a journey of deconstruction of life and faith, and maybe are are trying to reorder or reconstruct their life and faith. Some have said this journey is a journey of construction, deconstruction, and then reconstruction. Others have called it a journey through order, disorder, and then reordering of our lives. And I want to invite you and any friends that this may be helpful to, to join this discussion and engage on how to build something good, something beautiful, out of the gifts and life that God has given you. And a guiding principle for us is this, the best critique of the ugly and broken is the practice of the good and beautiful. Last week, we looked at a parable called the madman. And if you haven't looked at that, I would encourage you to go back and check out that parable and that sermon. For our purposes today, in that parable, you really get a picture of the madman. It's a person who has been handed a new home. It can be a faith. It can be the life that they've been given. And they see all the problems with it. And so they begin tearing it apart. And the madman gets so fixated on on what's wrong that he, he actually exchanges his tools for construction. He exchanges the tools of like a a framing hammer for a sledgehammer, nails for a crowbar, and begins using those tools of destruction only for destruction. The parable really teaches us two key things to hone in on. One is whose voice are we listening to to build our, our lives? And then two, what, how are we using the tools Are we using tools of construction and deconstruction to build something beautiful? Or are we only using tools of doubt and skepticism to pull things apart? And if we only have like one set of tools and we only know how to destroy things, we're never going to be able to build something beautiful. Now, tools or teachings that we're we're talking about today come from one of Jesus' most clear and timeless teachings. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. And to me, This teaching, this section of scripture, seems to be as relevant for our present day as it was in past days. And so let's look at some tools for building a beautiful life together and listening to the master builder, Jesus. So some of the key meaning of this parable is found in the mirror. When we realize that there's a mirror upstairs and really this man has been fighting himself and mirroring the image he's been seeing, which has been himself, we see that he's mirroring the hatred and evil of his enemy, and that's himself. So sometimes when we try to stop our enemy and keep our enemy from doing bad things, we can begin mirroring that behavior. 
and we only recycle the same kind of hurt and pain and maybe ugliness into the world when we mirror it. We have to be careful not to mirror evil, to stop evil, or we become the very thing that we hate, the very thing that we're afraid of. We're either transmitting our pain and brokenness or we're transforming it. How do you keep from mirroring the ugly and the broken? How do we create something new and beautiful without becoming the ugly and broken things we dislike? Romans 12, 21 says this, and it's so key. Don't be defeated by evil, but defeat evil with good. So don't use evil to fight evil. Use good. I mean, there's no better example than than Jesus dying on the cross, loving his enemies as his enemies are trying to kill him. If we looked at Romans 12, starting verse 17, it digs into this a little deeper, and it's so important. Don't pay back anyone for their evil actions with evil actions, but show respect for what everyone else believes is good. If possible, to the best of your ability, live at peace with all people. Don't try to get revenge for yourselves. My dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. It is written, revenge belongs to me. I will pay back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. By doing this, you will pile burning coals of fire upon his head. Don't be defeated by evil, but defeat evil with good. Use the tools of construction and deconstruction wisely. And don't mirror the, the ugliness and brokenness of the world. What if the man, instead of reacting to what he was seeing in the mirror in kind, actually was kind? It changes the game when we treat evil and brokenness with goodness and beauty. So I want to talk about a few tools that we can actually use practically for making life beautiful, building something good. And this comes directly from the voice of Jesus. This is actually based on um, Jesus' teachings um, called the Sermon on the Mount. And you can find a lot more. These are just a few of the tools. But this is part of his teaching where he taught about the foolish and the wise builders. Let's look at what Jesus' words and ways have to teach us about tools for construction and deconstruction. The first is remember your purpose. Jesus said, I came that they would have life. Our goal is flourishing life. So love and restore people as God loves. I love this verse. I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who harass you. Just as your heavenly father is complete in showing love to everyone, so also you must be complete in showing love to everyone. That's in Matthew 5. Now, if you're struggling to know how to do this, use your imagination. Jesus teaches this, how to use your imagination to love people well. In everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets, the law being loving God, loving other people. So if you want to know how to love, imagine what you would like done to you or how you would like to be treated and treat others that way. Engage your imagination and love people well. Love and restore people as God's love. That's the first tool. Second tool is learn from your shadows and splinters. Don't ignore your shadows and splinters. Well, what does that mean? Listen to this. Why do you see the splinter that's in your brother's or sister's eye, but don't notice the log in your own eye? Now, this is like Jewish humor. Jesus is like talking about like religious leaders a little bit. You know, the hypocrites who are like, look at the problem with that. Look at that person's sin. And they got this huge uh, sin log in their own eye. (laughs) 
And they can't even see clearly what's going on in other people's lives because their vision is so obscured. They have such a huge blind spot. They're so self-deceived. So he said, you know, don't be pointing out a speck in someone else's eye, but not noticing the log in your own eye. How can you say to your brother or sister, let me take the splinters out of your eye when there's a log coming out of your eye, your head? You deceive yourself. So learn from your shadows and your splinters. We all will have splinters or maybe logs or shadow sides to our personality, to our lives. And every institution and every church and every group of people, because it's made up of people who have shadows and splinters, are going to have brokenness. They're going to have a shadow side. And I want to encourage you to to not give in to those things and not ignore those things, but to learn from your shadows and your splinters. Let those be your teachers. So that was the second tool. The third tool is forgive and receive forgiveness. This is a really important tool to building a beautiful life in our world. I love Matthew 6, uh, 14. If you forgive others their sins, your heavenly Father will forgive you. Forgive and receive forgiveness. This is just so important. We can't go through life without, you know, maybe having some baggage and hurting others and being hurt. And if we don't learn how to forgive, we don't learn from God how to forgive others, we're never going to be able to heal. We're never going to be able to mend defenses. And so this is a very important tool for building a good and beautiful life, a good and beautiful church, a good and beautiful organization. Tool number four, eyes for grace. This is really important. The eye is the lamp of the body. Therefore, if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. It's Matthew 6, 22 and 23. I think that's so important that, that we're learning to have healthy eyes that see God's goodness, that see God's grace at work. Another verse says, uh, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Jesus didn't say, you know, go seek your kingdom or another kingdom, or he says, seek God's kingdom. And this is so important because then we be, when we begin to have eyes for grace, healthy eyes that can see God's grace and goodness, we become grace finders rather than fault finders. We begin cultivating grace in our lives rather than destroying whatever's rotten and not good. And in this way, we begin to learn from our blind spots, our shadows and our splinters and in, in our lives. We can see those things, but we focus on the bright spots, not just the blind spots. And we, when you start cultivating, when you start seeing and seeking God's kingdom, his grace, his goodness, it starts building and your life is more joyful and you start becoming more brighter and more beautiful. That's what having healthy eyes does, is what Jesus said. Here's tool number five, discern between God and gifts from God. No one can serve two masters, says Jesus. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be loyal to, to the one and have contempt for the other. Cannot serve God and wealth. And you could say that about can't serve, serve God and business. You can't serve God and um, your pride. It's really saying, where's your primary allegiance? You know, wealth, money, your job, your work, and, you know, other things. These are all gifts from God, but we don't want to treat God's gifts as if they're God. We want to worship God and enjoy his gifts and put them in their proper place. So how do we do that? Well, I think first and foremost, we have to be able to recognize God's gifts. And that's seeing grace. 
Grace means gift. It's God's gifts. So recognizing God's gifts and celebrating, be so grateful for them, but then seeing when God's gifts go wrong, when we start to lift them up on a God level or we distort them or they've become toxic. And you can think of so many things like this. You can think of money or sex or maybe work. All of these things are good gifts from God. Sometimes we can become workaholics or people can become addicted to sex or people become addicted and manipulated by money. And so these gifts become gifts gone wrong. And when we look at the life of Jesus and we put things in their proper order and we worship God and we enjoy his gifts, we don't just worship the gifts and then enjoy God. We amplify the good and beautiful and true. And then we challenge the broken, ugly, and wrong. We amplify the gifts of God, and we challenge the gifts gone wrong. And Jesus did that all the time. Really important tool in the tool bag for building a beautiful life. Tool number six, discern good and bad models of leadership. Jesus said, watch out for false prophets or leaders. They come to you dressed like sheep, but inside they're vicious wolves. You will know them by their fruit or by their actions. In the same way, every good tree produces good fruit, and every rotten tree produces bad fruit. You're going to know people by their fruit. You'll tell a tree by its fruit. You'll tell a wise builder by the home uh, he builds, and if it holds through the storm, we got to learn to discern. Discern from the good examples, not only the bad. We need to be able to recognize good leaders and bad leaders, and learn to like follow and practice what we see in good leadership, in good discipleship, in good life, in good lives that we see. So when Jesus is teaching us a new way of seeing or discerning, it's so helpful to have eyes that can appreciate and see the grace of God in the past and learn from other generations and other examples, rather than only pointing out the bad and the terrible and what's not good. That's not going to help you build anything. Uh, it can help to a degree, but it's not going to be like generative. It's going to be deconstructive. We aren't the only generation seeing religion gone wrong. You know, don't forget that Jesus, Paul, Barnabas, John, James, Priscilla, Lydia, all of these Christian leaders lived in cultures with religions gone wrong, politics gone wrong, leadership gone wrong. They all were coming out of forms of Jewish or Roman or Gentile religion that was controlling, exploitive, um, politically messed up. Uh, aligned with the, with the state and coercive and violent ways and exploitive in all kinds of ways. In the middle of that, they didn't spend all their energy destroying or deconstructing. Leaders like Paul knew exactly where a religion that's hell-bent on destroying and de deconstructing only, he knew where that led. Paul's shift in becoming a Christian led him to becoming a, a church planter, a cultivator, a builder. And there was a, a process, of, as you read his writings, where he had to deconstruct a bit of himself and his faith and his life. There was that part, and what is this rotten? Is this beam no good? And does this need a new support? He had to go through that, but it was for the purpose of building. These early Christian leaders followed Jesus into seeking, cultivating, and bringing in the good and the beautiful and the true kingdom of God. That was their primary focus. The best critique of the bad and broken is the practice of the good and beautiful. Two other examples from church history are the Francescan and the Dominican orders. They began around the same time historically, but in very different ways. St. Francis of Assisi started his order with the Catholic Church by prioritizing the poor and those who are socially, social outsiders. 
A brilliant Spanish scholar named Dominic began his order from scholarship and education. Where Francis' movement um, drew from the poor, Dominic's drew from the upper class and the educated. Dominic's movement challenged heresy in its time through articulate teaching and preaching and scholarship, while Francis uh, challenged the corruption of his time through love and empowerment of the poor. And although every movement eventually loses some original purpose and energy, you know, over time, both these leaders and their movements are models and examples to us in our day of wise builders creating something beautiful in times of great brokenness, upheaval, and strife. Both were unique and different. Both were major movements of the Spirit. Richard Rohr notes that um, St. Francis of Assisi followed in the genius of Jesus um, in that St. Francis wasted no time attacking the rich churches and pretentious clergymen, nor did he waste time you know, even with even the greedy tradesmen like his dad, you know, businessmen of his time, he just went to the side and did life differently. He is remembered forever. Those others are lost to history. Ray Bakke notes that Francis and Dominic represent two sides of the great commandment of Jesus, you know, to love God and to love your neighbor. Dominic sought permission to found an order to train great scholars and preachers who would love God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength. That's the first commandment. By contrast, St. Francis sought to create an order that could take the gospel to the streets and love the poor and downtrodden as much as he loved himself. That's the second commandment. Taken together, they were two sides of the same ministry coin. Together, they provided renewal to the Catholic Church for more than 700 years. What can we learn from examples like these and many others throughout history? What can we learn about the journey of construction, deconstruction, and reconstruction? Neither Dominic nor Francis took the path of the foolish builder or the mad builder, the madman, neither built on a faulty foundation nor burnt it all down or ran away. Like Jesus, Paul, Barnabas, Lydia, and other Christian leaders, they created something beautiful in their times. If our spiritual journeys are going to stay vibrant and sustainable, we need to learn from leaders like Dominic and Francis and hold their ministries together and not try to like pit them against each other as if they're competitors. You know, if in our day and age, you know, people might, you know, have them as rival denominations or something, but they were complementary. This leads to the last tool, prayer. This is the last tool I'll, I'll share with you. Jesus has plenty more, but I think this is important. It's in the Sermon on the Mount when Jesus says, when you pray, don't pour out a flood of empty words. And then Jesus teaches his disciples to pray the Lord's Prayer. And uh, although I don't have time to do that, to teach that prayer right now, prayer is so important for our perspective. It, It helps us with discernment. Prayer is power to build the good, the beautiful, and the true because it connects us with our Heavenly Father's goodness and his power. And prayer helps you reflect and think through whether you are discerning well or not, are you acting well? Are you building well or not? Are you just destroying? Are you ignoring and just, you know, like not listening to Jesus' voice? Prayer helps you discern. You know, if you're wanting to grow or learn more about this tool called prayer, this practice called prayer, um, I want to encourage you to look at some of our old series where we've taught through the Lord's Prayer and we've taught on prayer. Um, Go check out our 21 Days of Prayer and engage with that. And also know this, the tools in your hands, are they tools for construction or deconstruction? Make sure you know what they are 
and when to put them down and when to pick them up. Are they helping you make something more beautiful or are they destroying the beautiful and good? Paul, who went through deconstruction and reconstruction himself, reminds us that we all are building a house with our own lives. He said this, I laid a foundation like a wise master building according to God's grace that was given to me, but someone else is building on top of that. He's talking about churches that he planted. Each person needs to pay attention to the way they build on it. No one can lay any other foundation besides the one that is already laid, which is Jesus Christ. So whether someone builds on top of the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, grass, or hay, listen to this, each one's work will be clearly shown. Someday, your life is going to be revealed. The material of your life is going to be revealed. He goes on to say, the day will make it clear because it will be revealed with fire. The fire will test the quality of each one's work. If anyone's work survives, they'll get a reward. But if anyone's work goes up in flames, they built their whole life on, they'll lose it. However, they themselves will be saved as if they'd just gone through a fire. But most of the things they build can be lost if we're not wise. Everyone's work and foundation will be tested and revealed through fire, through storm, through challenge, through test. The truth of all our lives will be revealed. What will the structures of our lives say about our our materials, our methods, our skills, the tools we used, and our discernment? What voice guided our decisions? Will we have more gold than straw or more straw than gold? We can critique and blame people from the past and present for their poor craftsmanship and the structures they've built. It's easy to judge other people, right? But Jesus also said, be careful in your judgment because by your own judgment, you're judging yourself. Don't forget that you are building a life with structures that will be handed on to other people and will affect other people. Will your home be without some imperfections? We can run away and ignore, but don't forget that ignoring and running away is a form of building your life as well. Knowing that we will have imperfect lives and structures, straw mixed in with the gold, none of us is perfect. How can we live lives that critique the bad and broken? By practicing the good and beautiful. Otherwise, we'll easily live life like the madman using our tools for destruction or like the foolish man who just built it without listening to Jesus. Let's listen to the voice of Jesus and build beautiful lives together, wisely using the tools of construction and deconstruction for the purpose of restoration. Would you join me in a final prayer? We'll call it a wise builder's prayer. God, we commit our lives to love you with all our heart, our soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbors. Open our eyes to see and find your grace in the world around us and to humbly learn from the shadows and the splinters in each of us and in our world. Open our hearts to your kingdom, to love, forgive, and restore the world around us. Help us to use the tools of making and mending for the purpose of building and rebuilding, not destroying. And help us humbly learn from the good and godly leaders of the church's past and present and give us the wisdom to amplify the good and to challenge the broken for the purpose of restoring. And help us, to the best of our ability, critique the ugly 
bad and broken by practicing the good, beautiful, and true. Amen. Guys, I love you so much. And if this has been helpful, share it with a friend. See you next week. Thanks again for listening with us today. If you have any questions or comments about today's message or would like to contact Whitewater Church, reach out at info at whitewaterchurch.org or click contact in our show notes. And if you'd like to get involved in what Whitewater's doing to bless our communities, you can go to whitewaterchurch.org slash give. Your generosity is love in action. Have a great week and we'll see you next time.